Come Holy Spirit, as always, Lord, we give you permission to do what you desire. Make our minds, hearts, and souls fertile soil that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate the scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I don't know about you, but if, if you grew up Catholic, if you grew up Christian and people kind of speaking about the Beatitudes and as the speaking about them as this really exalted place in the teaching of Christ, this exalted place, particularly in the moral teaching of the church, moved from the Decalogue to the Beatitudes. So there's all this sense of like, okay, wow, yeah, like the Beatitudes, like they're amazing. That is great. I'm not really sure what they mean. I don't really know what's going on there but a certain reverence or awe for what the Lord is saying, but also a, a practical understanding for me of like, okay, Lord, what, what really are you trying to communicate? So just a few little simple things I, I want to invite us to think about and to continue to ponder uh, as we're praying with this gospel this week. The first is blessed. You've probably heard this before. I mean, this, this word blessed Really, the word in Greek is, is more like beatitude. In the sense, like you see, that's what we call them, the beatitudes. The blessed or happy are those who these things, poor in spirit, meek, those who uh, are persecuted. And so some of them we might understand, okay, well, it seems like you'll be blessed or happy, like if you're poor in spirit, or blessed or happy, uh, those who are peacemakers, you know, but like, Blessed are the persecuted, what? Like, you know, blessed are they who mourn. Lord, what, what are you speaking about? And so for us to understand what the, the Lord is getting at and how we receive the Beatitudes, I want to use this one quote from St. John Paul II to illuminate for us a path of understanding the Beatitudes. This comes from Veritati Splendor. So if you'd like to read a little bit more deeply about things, this is actually St. John Paul II's encyclical like on, on morality, the moral life, and like what is good. It's, it's incredible. At the beginning, he just breaks down this encounter of the rich man, young man and Jesus. And it is just a beautiful homily. Even if you don't read the rest of it, it's so good. But he says this about the Beatitudes. He says, they are a sort of a self-portrait of Christ and an invitation to discipleship and communion of life with Jesus. He's saying they're a self-portrait of Christ and an invitation to discipleship and communion with Christ. They teach us who the Lord is in a particular way and then invite us to follow him, both in living his life, but also being in communion with him. And this ultimately, with the beatitude, points us towards heaven. When the church speaks about heaven in, in her technical language, she calls it the beatific vision. Meaning it will be seeing God face to face, of which will be the fulfillment of every longing of the human soul 
in the most complete way possible for all eternity. You know, in the Old Testament, Moses was like, hey, Lord, let me see your face. And the Lord was like, uh, buddy, yeah, not good for you. Not good for anyone. Right? And then we see there's the revelation of the face of who God is in Jesus. But heaven is this ultimate, like, if you could just think of every longing of your heart and the fullness of all of these longings being fulfilled by encountering him who is love itself, and then just this eternal communion with him, fulfilling every desire of the human heart for eternity. It's a good deal, fantastic thing. And so when these, the, Jesus is talking about blessed are those of the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who meek, he's saying you participate in this communion of heaven here and now as you live these things that it is actually a sharing in the life of Jesus, a sharing in the communion of the Holy Trinity. We might ask ourselves why. Well, if we look at these things, again, St. John Paul II said, poor in spirit, Jesus was poor in spirit. Mourn, Jesus mourned. Meek, Jesus was meek. Jesus hungered and thirsted for righteousness. Jesus was merciful. Jesus was pure of heart. Jesus was a peacemaker. Jesus was persecuted. So how many times in your life have you had an experience where you're like, you know, no one gets me. No one gets me. I've talked to my friends. I've talked to other people. I went to talk to that silly priest at Christ the King, and no one gets me. They don't understand. They don't see me. They don't know me. They might give me some platitudes or there's a certain understanding, but they don't get me. They don't know me. At the heart of it, brothers and sisters, no one can ultimately know us in the way in which we want to be known except to Jesus Christ himself. And he actually experienced the same thing in his human nature. That as Jesus came to reveal who God is and to draw us back into communion with him, people only had partial understandings of who he was. Of course, the Blessed Virgin Mary understood him in a greater extent than anyone else because of her being conceived without sin. But still, no one understood him perfectly. And so in this sense of like, gosh, no one knows me when I mourn. No one knows me when I feel like I'm being humiliated. No one knows me when I'm hungering, thirsting for this right or good thing, when I'm seeking to be a peacemaker. All of this stuff in my life that's not going well, like no one really knows me. Or these desires that I have, no one knows me. But the only one who does is the Lord. You might think, okay, like, well, Father, well, I mean, okay, that's cute. That's cute theology. But the truth is, brothers and sisters, if we go to the depths of our heart and take this one, blessed are those who mourn. If we go to the depths of our heart, instead of just trying to figure out what to do when we're mourning, that we just open our hearts to allow the one who himself mourned, mourned the loss of his friend Lazarus, mourned that the fact that he, the ones he came to draw in to his own heart rejected him, 
mourning the loss of the reality of sin and suffering in all of our lives, that if we open the door of our hearts to him as we mourn, that he will mourn with us. And it is a closeness and a compassion, a suffering with that we can't experience with anyone else except the Lord. And it's not, that doesn't mean that like we shouldn't seek human people, other people to be with us. We should. It is important. We are meant for that. But at the core of our hearts, the only one who can completely understand this is the Lord himself. And part of the Beatitudes is an entrance into Jesus's, these experiences of not being known, of being lonely in a certain sense, but being in communion with the Father, that he draws us into it. And so we could think again, blessed are those who mourn. St. Paul talks about this, and, and some of the popes have mentioned in echoing St. Paul, there are like two types of mourning. A mourning without hope, which only leads to despair. A mourning without hope only leads to despair. But a mourning with hope that I'm not alone, that Jesus' suffering, death, and resurrection truly opened up the gates of heaven, that the power of the Lord, his own suffering to enter into my own life has a transformative effect that is not for naught in some sense, in some way maybe I don't even see. A mourning with hope is transformative and is actually a place of communion with the Lord Jesus, of beginning to see his face and him to see my face in a way in which no one else can. And so there is a blessedness, even a happiness, that is not a happiness in the sense of contentment, but of being known and of being received in the core of my being that no one else can give to me, but only the Lord himself. The Beatitudes are a sort of self-portrait of Christ, of a man who in his humility and his poverty of spirit, and a man in his mourning and his meekness and his persecuted, that there was a blessedness and a happiness because his communion with the Father and that if we open ourselves in these experiences in our life to let the Lord in, especially in the places where we don't feel known, then there can be a blessedness and a happiness in the depths of our souls that we might think is not even possible, that begins here and ultimately carries us to eternal life. I want to invite you... Um, Again, maybe it's like, okay, pretty boring homily, Father. Again, last couple of weeks, you're kind of just boring us here with these things. To read the catechisms section on the Beatitudes. It begins, it's paragraph 1716, and it's like three pages. And it's rich, speaking about the Beatitudes. And then the beginning, just the beginning of Veritati Splendor from uh, Pope St. John Paul II. Just these simple little things. Maybe, you, you know, you understand 70% of it and 30% of it you won't understand. But in that 70%, there will be some nuggets to pray with and to contemplate that will illuminate and open up who Jesus is and who we are in him. And then have an understanding of the blessed or the happy life that is not about contentment or nice feelings. And those are great and part of the human experience and we love them. But actually of being known 
whether it's experience of joy or of mourning, experience of success or persecution, that I really am not alone. That even in my feeling alone, there's another who has felt alone and he is with me. And that experience is a beginning of heaven and a blessedness and a happiness that is beyond this world, that is a promise. These beatitudes are promises of God's fidelity. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. You've been listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. If you would like to become a golden giver or learn more about what we do, please visit ctklsu.org.